Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the sunny yet cool voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time now for the food show. We're proud of this because it's the only one of its kind in America. As far as I know, if you've ever found one that uh, is uh, as good as we are or better, uh, let us know because we're trying to keep our standards high. We've been on the air for about 30-something years. That's just like, that's crazy to even just think about it. But uh, we do think about it. We think about it quite a lot, and we talk about it, too. And so you are welcome uh, at any point during our program to uh, just listen, or you could tell me about something that happened to you in a restaurant or when you were cooking something at home. Or uh, if you're looking for some information about a, a wine, about a cocktail, about uh some form of anything that you eat or drink, uh, call us and tell us about it because all the rest of us are working to find even better food than we are already eating today. So uh, here's how you do it. It's simple enough. 260-260-6368 is our telephone number, 260-6368. And that'll get us through and we'll talk and shoot the breeze and all of that as you wish. Uh, we have a guest host today, and uh, it is Ron the Gourmet Waiter, who uh, made an appearance on our program years ago. Uh, what, do you, what is your guess on, on that? At least like this eight or ten, maybe? The, I've been calling in for a long time. When I first started calling in, I was Ron the Gourmet Website Designer. Oh, hmm. well, that's, that is a change. At not, the time, I was waiting but... tables and mm. making websites on the side. Yeah. And uh, that's that's how you got into this. You weren't uh, waiting. You weren't uh, managing or anything like that. Not you in the just, beginning. Just on my, my first job was at the uh -huh. New Orleans International Airport as a waiter. Oh, New Orleans International Airport. Uh, when would that have been, and when did they have good food there? That's uh, not something we see a lot of. Well, the good food started, I would guess, about seven years ago when they decided to put new concepts as opposed to just having standard restaurants. And what I mean is they reached out to people like Dookie Chase. Mm -hmm. And they said, we want you to bring your image into the airport. We want you to bring your food in. And that's when the food at the airport, instead of being, let's just say, Joker's Cafe, mm -hmm. it, it was more, it, then it became Dookie Chase. I think they localized mm -hmm. the food. The food got substantially better. Mm. You know, I think it's uh, her birthday today. I think so. Okay. Now, what happened is, obviously, the new airport has been built. And because of that, they brought in some of the same food vendors, but they also brought in some new vendors. And anyone that has uh, wants information on that, all you would have to do is Google it, and you'd see that they've brought quite a bit of new food in, and the food's much better than it used to be. It is really terrific. We, uh, we were doing a little bit of traveling a couple of months ago, and uh, it was spectacular. I, we, we were just... Uh, Really surprised to see how good the new restaurants are. This is in that new section of the airport 
which if you have not seen it, it's worth to go over there if you can get in. Of course, you know, it's all sorts of de- uh, things to keep uh, secure, let's keep the place going. Uh, but if you uh, were to check that out, the, the, uh, the, the restaurants there are first class. They are not imitations of things that we eat here, but, uh, you know, the real thing. They have uh, uh, beignets from the beignet place. They have uh, the uh, ice cream coming from Bracado and, you know, just the whole range of it. At the old airport, one of the things that they wanted to make sure that happened was they wanted to make sure that there was one good restaurant in each concourse. Now, I was in Concourse D as a waiter, mm-hmm. so I worked at Ye Old College Inn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They have one of those there. And then the other thing that they decided to do was they took Dookie Chase and put Dookie Chase outside of the concourse so that anybody that went to the airport that didn't go through security could go to Dookie Chase. Hmm. I didn't n- notice that. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't looking for it either. So, uh, uh, But they, they, didn't, they certainly did uh, set it up. In such a way that the, it was—it's a terrific uh, look, and it's a very good, good service, good food. It, it's much better than anything I've ever seen at the airport. Yeah, the food yeah. is substantially better. Yeah. Anyway, Tom, we were talking earlier about uh, what food is today, and I, th- I believe you said we call it the almanac. Yeah, the almanac. Yeah, every day in the New Orleans menu uh, uh, web page, which is open to you for nothing. You just go to nomenu.com. That's all there is to it. And then uh, we run a bunch of different things. One part of it that uh, that a lot of people seem to like is the database. Well, not the database. The um, uh, You just said it a minute ago. Almanac. Uh, Almanac. And it has uh, all the uh, different things that are going to happen tomorrow and the next day. And, and what's the historic... Uh, happening of this date in so and so and so and so and then you've also got uh, not a big deal your, but uh you've also got something on your website uh, the, oh, the website what that i'm referring to is nomenu.com nomenu.com that's right and that's, that's also it. one of the ways that you can listen to the show if you go on nomenu.com because you don't yeah. have to have a high definition radio all you have to have is any type of computer or any type of cell phone and if you go to nomenu.com and you click on the radio tab you'll see you have two options. One of them is podcast. The other uh-huh. one is listen now. Mm-hmm. And if you click on listen now, you'll, you, you'll be using a well, radio.com service. Wait, what was, that? What, was service. that? what was that last one you said? Uh, there's a podcast, and then there's podcast, listen now. Podcast, I know. And, and then if you click lesson? on listen, if listen you, if you now. click on to okay. listen now, that'll just pretty much play the show for you. Yeah, no kidding. Now, you can do that with any cell phone. You can do that with any computer. And then com also has the mm-hmm. same service. Yep. If you just yep. click on com during the, the show, 3 to 5, you can listen to the show on com as well. Yeah, it it has become increasingly more difficult to pull off just a regular radio show that, as we grew up with. And uh, the the reason for it is that the quality is incomparably better than what it used to be. Uh, but this does require you having the modern equipment. And Definitely. It's, but it's not expensive. It's not uh, hard to find or anything like that. It's, uh, it's something you can get easily it, enough. Go find some kid who is like 16 years old or maybe even younger than that and uh, say, hey, can you do this for me? Uh, just get in here and, and, and set my computer up so I can listen to this. You can also listen using any high-definition radio. It's 105.3 FM HD2, another yep. way you can listen to the show. Yep. So, Tom, yeah. what, is, what is special about food today? 
What is special about food today? It was National Shortcake Day, I believe. Uh, I think so. Um, and what have we learned from it? It's uh, Shortbread Day, you okay. say. Uh-huh. National Shortbread Day. See, I'm, uh, this is strange. I'm asking you the things that I wrote this morning. <laughs> and then we also found out uh, that it was National Bean Day. National Bean Day. Which beans do they say? Well, we both know how beans got started on Mondays. Yeah. Well, that's a theory anyway, but I'll go with it. This had yeah. a lot to do mm -hmm. with uh, laundry being done on Monday. Well, you know, they used to say that, and somebody uh, once on the program, I can't remember if it was or some other time, and, uh, but this, the whole subject of beans being served on Mondays because it's uh, when, you're, when you're doing that or when you're cooking them, even more important, uh, you put the... Um, you put, you get this thing going, and uh, after after a minute, I've I've completely lost the uh, the oh yeah 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 the beans. You uh, you ask for uh, you ask people about beans, and people say well it's because you you have all of your uh, dishwashing and and your clothes washing that has to be done, and so you have uh, plenty of time on your hands. But uh, someone pointed out that hey. You're already busy as can be just every single day. Sure. So you so, want something that can just simmer it, while it, you do your yeah, laundry. Yeah. But uh, and it's, it's the a same good person point. Because if you're, if you're the person cooking, you're probably yep. the person doing the laundry. So it certainly yeah, there makes you it are. easy. Yeah, that sets it up. What are your favorite yeah. types of beans? If anyone wants to call in and tell us what type of bean is your favorite since it's National Bean Day, call us up. It's 504 uh -huh. 260-MENU, or 504-260-6368. Mm -hmm. What's yours? I like red beans. I like familiar, familiar brand beans. Grew up eating those like everybody. You know, it's just a total coincidence, but look at this. I have a, uh, I have a, a coffee mug here, and what does it have on the front? The Camellia brand red beans. Mm -hmm. Right there. Someone that Amazing. I went to high school with, his name is Matty, Matthew Barus. And uh, Matthew and I haven't seen each other in a long mm -hmm. time, but we're friends on Facebook. And I noticed that he's become a chef locally for Camellia Brand. Oh, no kidding. So what he does is he comes up with various different recipes and different ways to use the Camellia products. Well, that makes sense. And uh, it's also something that's accessible to just everybody. Sure. I mean, nobody has to complain about the beans being too expensive. This is uh, not something that comes up very often anyway. And then we also see people doing odd things, like they'll be putting pork chops in their red beans, or they'll be serving... Oh, yeah, well, that's, a, that's one that's... ...be serving fried yeah, chicken with, yeah. with their different beans. Yeah. I was thinking when I was... To, believe it or not, I was thinking earlier today. But thinking, if you can imagine. Uh, the reason we go to restaurants, you know, or just... Let, let's just go with this and see how badly I boof it. Uh, the the things that attract you to a restaurant are food. You want good uh, environment and and surroundings and service. Which of those is your most necessary uh, of the, that bunch? What if we decided to limit it to two? Two. And we'd like for okay. our guests who are listening to call in and tell us. Mm -hmm. If you had to pick one, what would it be? Would you rather good food or would you rather good service? Mm -hmm. 
What would you rather, Tom? Me? I'm going to put this on hold for a minute because I have a reason for saying why I'm going to say what I said yet when I'm okay. going to and sooner or later will. Is and there somebody there? And I'd also there? like to ask uh, our producer, Doug, the man behind yeah. the glass. Doug, what would, you, what would be the, your priority? Food uh, service and price. Price. There's another one. Okay. But really, uh, it gets down to food and service to me. Tom, what would Marianne say if Marianne was asking that question? Would it be good food or good service? Uh, she would uh, go for the, the simple, straight-ahead, everyday eating kind of thing. That's her bag. Good food or good service? Uh, that uh, f- Service uh, certainly uh, brings it down for her. Okay. But I don't know. I, I never know what she's thinking, so it's, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd only be flipping coins on that one. Well, one of the things that's changed in the restaurant industry is that you'll see restaurants have gone from the traditional white tablecloth that we are accustomed to mm-hmm. being older to, to more casual service. And I noticed that the tablecloths have, have kind of gone away. The, the wearing the jackets. Kind of gone away. It's hard, you hardly see them anymore. Have, have gone away. And then you'll see counter service mm-hmm. where you walk in. Is and that you where just, they serve you on the counter? You basically just go up to the counter, <laughs> mm-hmm. place your order. They give you a number or they call you by name when your food's ready. And that's actually gotten to be very popular because it's a simpler way. As, as a restaurant GM, I've had to uh, manage servers. And, and that's if you've got a big restaurant, that's a lot of employees. And, and counter service can be easier for some people. But then you miss the traditional luxury of having someone wait on you. Yeah, well, there you are. You know, that's, uh, that's a really important thing for me. I, I, I love eating in restaurants. This is my hobby. It's, my, it's also my uh, occupation. But it's something that I, I really uh, like. And so I'm always, I always have my eyes open for that, uh, ex- any restaurant getting better at something. Yes. Uh, We've we've said the food, the service, and all that, but uh, I'm I'm going to keep pursuing this for a while because I think the the best answer to this is hard, it's hard to even think of it, but I think it's uh, it's close to obvious. Okay. Because it's if you get it right, good for you. If you don't get it right, you are condemned to hell. Okay. I think I mean that's what how it comes across with some people anyway. Well, you said that yeah. this was your occupation. I want to go ahead and kind of go back to the beginning because I've got a yeah. couple of questions Pin for you. Pin me to the wall. Make me okay. sweat. When was the first time <laughs> that you knew that you would be writing about food? I uh, Let's see. That's a good question. It's not, uh, it's not a very interesting answer. Was this the driftwood out at UNL? Uh, that's, that's where it started. But the, the reason it got started, well, I'll tell you the, the, the quick story. Uh, I was the editorial cartoonist for the Driftwood, which was the, and still is, still there, you know, Yes. Uh, at UNO, University of New Orleans, of which I was a, a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a guy who graduated. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, where was I? How long did you? This long is did exasperating. You, how long it? did you write for the uh-huh. Driftwood at yeah. UNO? Okay, so uh, I uh, was, we had got a new editor. Okay. okay. And everything was uh, running around. This would have been 1972. This would have been the fall of 1972. And um, the uh, new editor came in and said, uh, listen, my, uh, my friend is an artist, and I'm, I'm going to uh, have him be the cartoonist for the newspaper. 
Uh, and I said uh, to him, uh, really? Well, can I do something else on the staff? And the reason for that is that I, I wanted to be on the staff because there were a lot of really good-looking girls also working on the staff. And how did you pick food? Well, we, we'll get to okay. that in a minute. Uh, so um, they, this new editor said, well, yeah, yeah, well, you can you can do some other things there, just not the cartoons. I said, okay. And he said, well, what are you thinking of? And I'm think, I said, I'm gonna, I'd like to write, you know, do, do some articles. He said, yeah, sure, whatever you want. And uh, the first thing I found was the Driftwood, which is the, the newspaper over there. And uh, I wrote it. They liked it. I haven't stopped since. I mean, it was that very first article. I've, I have never dropped, uh, dropped it after that. Where does New Orleans Magazine come in? New Orleans Magazine? Uh, New Orleans Magazine uh, is, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I think it used to be better than it is now. But Errol Laborde, uh, I think he does a terrific job of uh, editing it. He's, he's very knowledgeable. He's a very New Orleans kind of guy. Okay. Knows his stuff. Nice guy, too. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take mm, a quick break, if yeah. that's okay with everyone. This is The Food sure Show, can. 105.3 FM HD2. Right. Hello, you're welcome to come on in and talk with me and everybody else who pops up. And by the way, why don't you pop up? We'd like to hear from you, you meaning, you know, you. Uh, and we'd love to talk with you about everything that you have ever eaten in your entire life that is worth uh, talking about or even not worth talking about, but you happen to talk about anything anyway. So you know what I mean. And with us today, or maybe they don't know it, but it, uh, Ron, the gourmet waiter, he was an actual waiter. You were a, a, What's the story behind that, since you're asking me all of my backstories? When, when I first started waiting tables, <laughs> I went out to the airport and I got a job waiting tables because I wanted to learn how to, how to do fine dining, but I also wanted to learn how to, how to do uh, fast service. Fast service. Well, who wants fast service? Well, what I'm talking about is I wanted to, be able to, I wanted to learn how to take five <laughs> or six tables <laughs> at a time. Hmm. Yeah, what's the advantage of that? A lot of the restaurants that are really busy often demand that you be able to work okay. a larger section. You know, and, and if you are able to work a larger section, you're able to make more money. You know, I, uh, in all the time I've spent looking and enjoying and hanging out in restaurants, I've never heard that before. And it, it sounds it has the ring of truth to it. Yeah, well, a lot of, re a lot of the restaurants these <clears throat> days, if you're really busy or if somebody doesn't show up, if a waiter or waitress doesn't show up and it's the section next to you, a lot of times uh -oh. management will ask you to take extra tables. And you need to be able to mm -hmm. do that because the, the traditional restaurant has a four to five table section. That's how many tables you're responsible for. But if someone doesn't show up, management may split that section with two servers. And now you have to be able to take six, possibly seven tables Ooh. at one time. Oh, that's a bit much, huh? It can be. Mm. But if you know what you're doing, it, you can get it done. It's a little harder. It's just it's, You just got to focus and... If you get behind, you just have to let your guests know, okay, hey, I've got a couple extra tables today. Mm -hmm. Everything might take just a couple of minutes longer. Yeah, they don't like that, but uh, if you give it to them the right way, they seem to be okay with it. Yeah. And you can get I, away with it. When it comes to waiting tables, I've always told my friends, because we talk a lot about waiting tables. So I, I talk a lot with servers about how, to do, how we can do better jobs, how we do our jobs, etc., and I've always said, I think one of the main things that the, that the guest wants to know is they just want to know what's going on. If the food's mm -hmm. going to take a little longer, just let me know. And don't lie. Uh, yeah, and they don't like surprises. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I find if you just let them know what's happening, if it's going to take a little longer or if one or two items isn't coming out good today, just just lead me on where to go with the food and just let me know what to expect because I think that's Mm -hmm. the the main thing that they're Mm -hmm. looking for. Let's uh, sneak back to something uh, we started with. Is it more important for a restaurant to have great food or great service? If you had to pick one, which would it be? And, And really, at this point... Um, can I almost uh, get on my knees and ask you if you are uh, listening to us today? Usually we don't ask for people to to get on their knees or mine or any of the other ones uh, that might be here in, at the studio. But no kidding. I mean, if you, um, you surely you have a thought about this. You uh, I'm asking you uh, if you had to choose between real good service in the restaurant you're in or real good food, which one, and you can only pick one, which one would that be? And let's see what comes up with that. I'd I'd really like to know that because I was uh, lying awake a couple of days ago and I kept running that through my mind and thinking, that's something we can talk on the radio maybe, see how it goes. But uh, I tell you, just a quick feeling myself, I'm not trying to put this on your, in your brain uh, or even asking for you to too thickly get into it. But if you uh, go to a restaurant and the, the service is really bogged down, uh, not just in terms of speed, but in getting certain things that need to be done, get them done. Um, like, you know, there's no butter here, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I It seems to me that that's absolutely essential. And if you don't have that, you have a problem. Yeah. One of the things that we want to make sure that our guests understand is that we do accept reviews of both types. If you have a positive review, if you went to eat somewhere this weekend and you had a great time, call us up. But then if you didn't have the best experience, we'd like to hear that, too. The only thing that we ask is that if you had a negative experience, don't tell us the name of the restaurant unless we ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's something like that has to happen. And uh, I've been telling people this since as long as I've been doing this. And that is to tell them, uh, look, um, you know, if if you have to complain about something, do it. Don't. don't uh, there there are a couple of creeps in the restaurant business. Not enough to worry about. I've I've uh, only once in in my life did I have a confrontation with a waiter uh, to the point where he was threatening that he was going to call the cali- the police. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, he got over that idea pretty quickly. And uh, it was um, it's that's that sort of parallel event because of food doesn't happen nearly as much as when the when the when the uh, service staff is is collapsing. That's just my perspective on it. I think if you ask me again tomorrow, it might be. And I can add this. You can. That good service makes the food taste better. Mm hmm. And it does. Yeah. There, there was a, a a show on the radio over the weekend where they were in, uh, interviewing the owner of a restaurant. And, uh, in fact, that is exactly what he said. He said, uh, uh, actually, no, he said the exact opposite of what I'm about to say. He said that if you, uh, uh, if you uh, want to be a, a success in the restaurant business, cook up. Really great food, and that will take care of it. I don't know. There's no doubt about it. The food's got to be good. Okay, so you agree with that? 
Yes. Okay. One of the things we were talking about earlier, Tom, was my top five lists, and I made a couple of top five lists, and I want to see what you, right. how you think about this. All right. Also, for you all listening in, please call in 504-260-6368, 504-260-MENU. Tell us what you've been cooking. Also, tell us where you've been eating lately. And then tell us what you think about this top five Italian list. What this oh, would be okay. is this would be the top five Italian restaurants All right. near the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind for you, Tom? Uh, Italian? Yes. Uh, in the French Quarter. In or near the French Quarter. In or near the French Quarter. That would be, oh. Um, Maybe Irene's? I, that was exactly what I was going for. Okay. Yeah. They, are, they are really good. And then Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Oh, that's yours? Well, Mona Lisa, I believe it's in the 1200 block of Royal Street, and it's right across the street from Verdi Mart. It's a small oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, way up. It's way up the street there. Yeah, and they don't, yeah. at the time, they didn't even have a POS mm-hmm. system. In other words, they really weren't computerized. They were using index cards like I use mm-hmm. and, and paper to do everything. But the food's fantastic. It's not a high-priced Italian restaurant, but Mona Lisa... I- is fantastic if you like Italian. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to stop and think about that because I don't remember ever going there before. Okay. I, and I just barely remember the uh, the name. And then I come up with Adolfo's. Adolfo's is a class by itself. Adolfo's is located on Frenchman <laughs> Street right above Apple Barrel, which and, is a country club. And do they put the food out? I think the quantity of food that they put on the table is almost unbelievable. People love it, absolutely love it. They build uh, these platters with everything that, you know, it's like, hey, we, do we have this sauce, this sauce, and this sauce? And then after that, maybe let's add some e- even more to it. It comes across that way. They really load you up. It's not, uh, it never struck me as one of the great Italian restaurants of any part of the city, but I can certainly understand why people like it because there are lots and lots of fans of that place. Okay, and then we've got Italian Barrel. <clears throat> uh, that's a restaurant that has a lot of good regular people who come in there pretty often. I've been there off and on a few times over the years. It seems to be better than it was, say, five years ago. Yeah, I think it's on the corner of Decatur and Barracks. Decatur and Barracks is, I think, exactly right. And it is, um, but it just, it never really grabbed me. And the kinds of things that they were always touting, the fact that they got pasta brought in from Italy. And uh, and uh, I thought that was uh, a pretty bold statement. But uh, I don't know. I just, there are people who really uh, love that place, and I'm just not one of them. So... God bless him. Okay. How about um, Don? It, uh, did you say Don or Donna? Don. John. Don, John. <laughs> we don't have any of them. John, are you? Yes. Are you there, John? I am here. Listen, I heard you talking about butter. Butter. Yes. I, I hate. I hate to go to a restaurant and they serve you these pats of cold, unspreadable butter. Me too. I. Uh, yeah. There's one restaurant I like almost everything about it, except that they never seem to come out of the, this rock-hard, uh, uh, wrapped-up little squares of, of uh, flour that you can't—butter, uh, uh, rather. But you can't use it. It's, uh, it breaks the, the uh, bread up. It's terrible. Well, why, don't, 
take it out uh, an hour or so before they're going to serve, you know, leave it in the kitchen, yeah. and then it'll be off. Yeah. Why not? So, Don, I've got a question for you. This is Ron, the gourmet waiter. What is your favorite Italian restaurant? Italian restaurant, you get. Uh, there's so many in town, I, I can't tell you. Um, um, and, and, and they all morph, you know. What's Italian can be French and whatnot. I'll tell you, my favorite restaurant is Galatoire. There's no doubt about it. I Why? grew up in New Orleans. Gee, I wonder... Me, if- that's hard. I wonder if anybody else uh, has that feeling. <laughs> There's so many things that are morphed into Cajun, Creole, you name it, you know. So you, you don't have to go and get spaghetti, uh, which was a traditional uh, Italian restaurant, you know. Um, and, and speaking of Italian restaurants and butter, to yep. mix those two together, how come we don't get bread anymore? What happened to bread? You're going somewhere where they don't have bread? You have to ask for the bread. Oh, you, you used to get bread, and yeah. you used to get hot bread. Yeah, well, uh, now you don't get anymore. I'd say... And course, that, uh, and I heard y'all talking about no table costs. I understand that, too. Yeah. But uh, it's a new world, I understand. But those are my those are my dislikes about restaurants. Now, right. service is also very important, obviously. Um and, but I don't like people to hover. I'm not. I don't want hovering waiters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I sure do. Well, no. Don, thank you for calling. Okay. Yeah. Thanks Good for luck. stopping in. It's and the have food a great show. Day. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Two six zero six three six eight is our number. Love to hear from you. And uh, we will be back with more of it in just a moment after first, please. This this is Tom Fitzmorris. It's nice to be here with you as I always am, and nice to be here two, uh, or three, or four, you know, the way it goes. Our program today has as a guest host today. Who set this up? Mary Ann Fitzmaurice. Mary, uh-oh. Well, <laughs> uh, Ron the Gourmet Waiter began uh, doing a bunch of different things, and then at some point you wandered into the dining room and then occasionally into the kitchen to bring the food from the kitchen into the dining room and to the table onto the plate, you know. And uh, at what point did that start happening? Well, I had sold medical supplies for a long time. And when I realized that the business required me to travel so much, I just really had just decided that I wanted to make a career change. I always thought that being a server would be something fun to do. Three or four or five people, friends of mine, uh, have that same story to tell. Uh, That that must be something working in the uh, medical supply industry. well, that category. business, that business has changed. Yeah, and and it it just it it's a little it's harder to be a medical supply rep mm. because there are regulations now as far as which hospitals you can sell into and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I just decided I wanted to do something different, and that's when I decided that I would become a waiter. I went out to the airport, mm-hmm. and then uh, had a couple of other food jobs where uh, I would be I would be a waiter, and then got into management. I uh, was an assistant manager at one restaurant, and then was a general manager at uh, two other ones. And just it's just a love of food is what it really is. Earlier, well, I, that you, I don't know what motivation you could have that would be better than that. That's it. Earlier we were talking about food mm-hmm. almanac, and we were talking about red beans mm-hmm. and how it's National Bean Day. I wanted yeah. to ask you if you have any tips or tricks for our listeners out here, or if our listeners have any tips or tricks for others on how to cook a better batch of red beans. Mm. If you've got an idea, call us up. 
It's the Tom and Ron Show. It's the Food Show. It's 504-260-6368. We'd love to hear from you. You know, uh, it, when you're trying to put the, together a pot of beans together, you, you find out that there are certain variables that if you take advantage of them, you, you wind up with a great product. First of all, of all, you know, there are many different kinds of beans out there. And I find that the ones that are members of the same family that gives you black-eyed peas, in which now a lot of people don't like black-eyed beans to begin with, so we'll just dust this away. But there are other beans of the same genus and species. I don't know what that kind of stuff, but that is from a different category. And I think those are so good. Uh, the the main one that I, I think I like the best is Crowder peas. How would you begin to cook those? I would uh, I would rinse them. I would not boil them overnight or anything like that. Uh, shake off the excess water, and then uh, have just enough water in there so that the beans remain um, still in one piece and aren't just turning into smush. And uh, that's important to me because if when when beans stop being beans and start being uh, you know, this happened to me in a pot of red beans within the last couple of days. Uh, and it just gets that texture. You've lost something there. Maybe it, sure. it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't feel the same. So I uh, keep on moving. I want to ma- make sure that those beans are still uh, in one piece. What would you put in there well, other than the beans and the water? Oh, I, you know, I, I think uh, 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 smoky ham always Takes adds a lot to that. Smoked ham hocks. Uh, yeah, that or just straight de- right out of the deli, chop it up and throw it in there. Right towards the end, they cook like that. Onion, pretty... celery, garlic, bell pepper. Yeah, the usual stuff. Okay. Um, and uh, every time I make them, I come up with something different from before. So it's pretty. Beans are are pretty easy on us. They're they're real good for you, as I'm sure you know. Sure. And. Uh, you know, there are other. <clears throat> there are lots of ways to uh, really enjoy a pot of beans. One of the things that we were talking about earlier was Dookie Chase, yeah, and how her yeah. restaurant ended up out at the New Orleans International Airport. Dookie Chase, her Lee Chase, Lee Chase actually, uh, the yeah. restaurant was Dookie Chase, but I'm talking about Lee Chase. Yeah, yeah. she was always talking about seasoning meat, and what I mean by that is when she's sweating down the vegetables in the beginning. So I've got a pot, and I've got onion, celery, garlic, and bell pepper, and possibly mm-hmm. a little bit of oil. Lee Chase takes the seasoning meat, like maybe smoked pork sausage, and dices it up into tiny little pieces and puts that into the pot with the onion, celery, garlic, and bell pepper. And that kind of mm-hmm. becomes part of your oil mixture. Uh-huh. But you're also beginning to sweat the, the pork fat out so that when you add your stock or your water later, now those tiny little pieces of pork, sausage begin to season that water faster than if you had just put larger pieces of meat in. Mm. And she always said that that accounted for more flavor. Oh, I, I, that sounds about right. And I know she used to practice that because on uh, Holy Thursday, which is not too long ahead of us, uh, they have a famous gumbo zerb. This is the one where allegedly the the pot of, of beans or anything else, whatever, or the gumbo in this case, it has to... Um, be uh, or so you would think uh, have to be free of meats, except that when Leah Chase was making that, 
It, it had brisket in it. It had sausage of various kinds. And I asked her about that, and she said, well, you know, it's it's Holy Thursday, and it's, this is the, the day when Christ uh, gave the, 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 the um, ceremonies for the first time. Sure. Lee Chase had an interesting background. Oh, did she ever? She went to, I believe it was uh, St. Mary's College and, and Dukey Chase. Abita Springs. I mean, uh, no. Uh, he, uh, oh, it was on the North Shore, I believe. On the, it was, yeah. Uh, but she, her childhood mm-hmm. sweetheart was Dukey Chase. Yeah, so they well, had been married for a very long They stuck together, yeah, for, for quite a while. Sure. Yeah. And she basically came into that restaurant and kind of took over. Yeah, because uh, she certainly knew it. She had been a cook at the coffee pot in the French Quarter, of all things. She, this was going back to the 1940s. She, she passed away in her 90s. So she had a, today was her, I think today is her birthday. Okay. Or uh, that would be another thing that would, would make life a lot easier if I could look at my website because I had it there today. Somebody take a look at the website, tom at nomenu.com, or just nomenu.com, bang, that'll take you to the website, you'll see it. Or better yet, call us up. Tell us what you've been cooking and eating. It's 504-260-6368. It's the food show. It sure is. We try to keep keep going with it, and we're happy that you're there to help things out and share it with us. Where have you been eating lately? 260-6368. My question of the day, sort of, is... What do you think is more important, the food in a restaurant or the service? Which one makes you happier? Which one makes you angrier? Either, you know, that could go either way. So my answer would be, yeah? I mm. like the food. I think the food is more important. But now that you mention me possibly getting angry, which doesn't happen often, I think the the bad service would make me angrier than than the bad food. I might be able to eat the bad food, but the bad service would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically. I wasn't trying to twist that out of you or anything, but that's about how I feel about it. I think if you uh, if you don't have the tables being taken care of, uh, you're not going to uh, have genius work to show off to your friends. Uh, 2606368 is our telephone number. We talk about everything having to do with eating and dreading. Dreading? Dreading? I'm, I'm a little goofy today. I don't even know why. Maybe it's, I didn't sleep long enough last night. Well, that's okay. One of the things huh? we spoke about mm-hmm. earlier was top five restaurants. Tom, yeah. mm-hmm. what do you think would be the top five restaurants if you had to pick? If you could go to five restaurants and that's it, which ones would you go to? In, in his, uh, the whole world or just here? You only have five meals left. Where would you go? Yeah, but w- are you talking about... In, in New Orleans. The, just in New Orleans. Just in New Orleans. Okay. Um, uh, Commander's Palace. Uh, Mr. B's. You mentioned Commander's Palace. That was my first job in the restaurant was industry. I was 17 years old. Ah. Uh. Uh, the Pelican Club. Um, believe it or not, um, uh, uh, oh, the, oh, it's, it's a, practically a generic name for the for a restaurant. Um, so we have Delmonico. Command- okay. Delmonico. So we have Commander's Palace. <clears throat> yep. You expected me to hear all those. <laughs> Galatoires. Uh, Galatoires. I didn't say Galatoires. I like Galatoires a lot, but it's so busy and so loud. 
That's that's a, a real drawback for me. But uh, but I, I I never turned down an opportunity to go there. Sure. Uh, I think that Mr. B's um, made the local restaurant business much greater than it had been. It made a huge difference. And uh, and the Pelican Club, to me, uh, captures fine dining without spending any uh, a whole lot of money. It's sure. a very con- done a great job. Very consistent. We were there with some friends uh, uh, about three days ago, and they're still doing it. It's a, it's that's a great restaurant, the Pelican Club. When you think about Mr. B's Bistro, I've often mm-hmm. heard you through the years talk about three items that you'd get at Mr. B's Bistro. <laughs> at three at Mr. B's, uh, the gumbo yaya for sure. Best the gumbo bar- in the city. Barbecue, uh, yeah. The barbecue shrimp, which I also is absolutely the best in the city. In fact, they reinvented that dish. That dish needed a uh, renovation because. Uh, the guys over at Pascal's Manali, obviously, they invented it, and whatever they said was the right way to do it, that was the right way to do it. But you could do it better if uh, you could get the level of sort of sloshy liquid that was in there and uh, work it up a little bit. And what they did over at Mr. B's was they made a roux, not, uh, not a roux, a, a reduction of the um, of all things. Shrimp. Nobody had ever really done that before. And then they added all the other ingredients, and it's got tightened it up a little bit. And then it, it was just a, a much more appealing dish. Great, great taste. This is The Food Show with Tom Fitzmorris. I'm Ron, the gourmet waiter. We're talking about top five restaurants, and we're wondering to know, if you only had five meals left, where would you go? Call us up, 504-260-6368. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you. It's the food show. All right. Thank you for being there. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, too. 206 Let's see. Do we have anything to do right now? <laughs> well, when I was Sometimes I never, I don't know, but we keep moving along anyhow. When I was a guest host a while back, I had Scott Craig from Katie's. That must have been fun. Come on the show. It was a blast. Scott's got a lot of media experience. So I, he... I honestly don't understand how he can get in and out of his dining room and kitchen with anything less than a pickup truck or or, or big or a cement mixer or something his his food is so good and it is so overwhelmingly enormous i mean you know, the amount of food they bring out and everything is nice and and polished and very well put together this guy this guy everybody on his staff too they are really good people in the kitchen anyway one of the things that Scott Craig asked me was, he said, what is your death meal? Meaning, what would your last meal be if there were one meal left? It's amazing how many people ask me that question. (laughs) You know? Okay, uh, state it again. If there were one meal left for you, what would it be? Uh, If there were one, like start to to finish? One meal. One meal, but that meal could be, uh, you know, a hamburger and then... uh, or, or can I do a lot of different courses? Well, I think hamburger is one of Marianne's answers. Marianne is not here. However, she will tell you that that is the she way She loves it goes. hamburgers. Okay. She does, yeah. Uh, why don't we start off with the drink? What, what would your beverage be? Uh, it would be um, a Manhattan. Um, that's, uh, I was into um, uh, what, uh, oh gosh. Negronis were, were my hot thing for a while, but I've, I've gone over to Manhattan. I'll now, take Manhattan. The Bronx and Staten Island, too. Now, 
My drink, <laughs> my drink would be a Tanqueray gin martini. Uh, that was my favorite for a long time, and then I kind of moved over a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm a gin kind of guy, though. So let's let's yeah. go to the appetizer. Okay. Um, uh, oysters prepared in the oven with very interesting topping sauces and stuffings, whatever you call that stuff on top of a Rockefeller or a Bienville. To me, that's the dish that defines the goodness and the character of a New Orleans classic restaurant. When I see that on a menu, it makes me happy. When I see that they don't have it or anything like it, I get upset. My answer would be a cheese plate with charcuterie, different types of deli meats. I, You know, uh, I like both of those things, but I, the idea of having the first thing in a meal to be cheese, I don't think is a good idea, personally. Uh, cheese at the end. But, you know, there are a lot of people who believe it both ways. So whatever they want to do. We're talking about... Food. But this are you listening? Show. That's the problem. You know, they're they're talking about, but are they listening? And what are would you your listening? last meal be? My last meal? Call us up, 260-6368. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people ask that, that question. We get closer and closer to it, I guess. So let's go, to the, uh, let's go to the entree, Tom. Entree. Okay, for this same meal that we're talking about? Yes. Okay, uh, that would be a... Uh, um, a skirt steak uh, with uh, a good bit of dry curing. This would be, or uh, there's not many restaurants that, that do that kind of thing, but this is one that has been uh, aged pretty well, about a month. And uh, the that method of getting the flavor out of the, uh, there was one other thing I said already, and I can't, I'm stuck in the mud. So it's a skirt <clears throat> Again, steak. It's a skirt steak, which I think is just a great, great cut of meat. Uh, and then um, uh, the and the sauce will be something along the lines of uh, having a little bit of um, truffle and in it, and a couple of other, uh, uh, and maybe even foie gras. What would your sides be? My sides. Um, uh, potatoes with crisp edges. You know what I mean? Where I don't like them with s centers that are smushy. I like them like almost that'll cut your skin with if the edge of the piece of uh, a potato, if you're not careful, you know, it'll come after you. Sure. I'm going with the cowboy <clears throat> ribeye. Yeah. Going in. Cowboy ribeye. Garlic mashed potatoes. Yep. And cream spinach. Well, that's pretty close to what I said. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it shows you're a man of good taste or something like that. And then there's dessert. There is dessert. There's always dessert. My favorite dessert is, is bread pudding. I'll go with the bread pudding also. Uh-huh. Soup? We hit, let's back up. Soup? I'm not a huge soup fan. No? Okay. Then the heck with it. <laughs> what about your after-dinner drink? My after-dinner drink, uh, that's not something I uh, get involved with at all. Uh, not very often anyway. But every now and then, a really nice uh, liquor or wine comes my way, and I do, and, you know, I feel lucky about whatever it is that I've been uh, courted sure. lately. How about you, Doug? <clears throat> he went off for a break. No, okay. not, probably not. I like food. Food, yeah. And that's... then something to drink that's wet. 
Yep. Uh, I think that would be good. Uh, and, uh, of course, a three or four portions of uh, king crab. That's it. There we are. That always seems to come back. That seems to be the essential ingredient in whenever the word crab comes up. When the next thing we're talking about is having a crab cake or a stuffed crab that's got tons of crab meat in it. Right? Where'd he go? I like crab. Yeah? Sure. But I like crab meat imperial. Crab meat imperial. That was the first fancy dish that I've ever eaten at Commander's yeah. Palace. Mm. And uh, quick, what is in there? Uh, the class I remember, it, it had a lot of mayonnaise in it. Yep. Yep. Well, good. Used to be very popular at Commander's Palace for a long time. We have come to uh, news time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.